Alright Raiders, Laura Carcar here, also known as Reduction Raider. How you all doing? Hope you've had a good week. So I can barely contain my excitement for our next guest. Let's see if you figure out what I did there. Anyway, without further puns from me, and ado, let's welcome him on. Hi and welcome to this week's guest. Can you start by telling us about yourself? Uh, hi, my name's Ellie and I'm from Bubble and Squeak and um, I uh, run with my uh, colleague Lydia Gander uh, this social enterprise which is based in East Acton, West London. Uh, it's a kids focused social enterprise and we collect surplus food on a weekly basis and deliver it to our local community. Um, during the pandemic we've done this uh, to homes and also we run surplus food stalls run by children. Uh, we also do community events powered by surplus food and loads of fun um, community stuff and after school clubs and it all has uh, surplus food at the heart of it. Where do you get the surplus food from? So we're really lucky because we live in, um, we're based in Acton, um, East Acton and we have two uh, really amazing surplus food providers uh, who are based in Acton so we have City Harvest and Felix Project um, and they uh, deliver to us uh, on a regular basis and yeah they're, they're amazing. And I should say I mean we are currently sat in your shipping container <laughs> and there's loads of fresh fruit and veg around so I mean this is pretty amazing that you've got this as well for all the food storage. Yeah, it's it's been a really interesting project. So we set up in 2017 um, just as a surplus food store. We were really inspired by um, the Real Junk Food project um, based in Sheffield and they just opened their uh, surplus food supermarket and we loved the idea um, and we went up to visit and wanted to do something in East Acton. So we just got in touch. Um, with the uh, City Harvest uh, to begin with um, and the children were really on board with the idea and said we'd love to run a surplus food st stall run by the kids and they were really up for it and it just kind of grew from there um, and from that we also launched a, a crowdfunder to get a, a shipping container to store the surplus food so we recognised if we wanted to take this to the next level we needed a we needed a, a space that we could use um and old oak primary school where the shipping container is based has been amazing in supporting that um so the shipping container that we're in is in a little sliver uh on the school site uh, that's not in use and uh, we have separate access and that's where all our deliveries get um received uh we've got two fridges and we have a pretty kind of uh, tight turnaround. So uh, most of the surplus food that we get in gets distributed that day, um, which is really useful to reduce food waste. Cause as you know, you've already got surplus food, which is perfectly good to eat, but needs to be used pretty quickly. So yeah, it works really well. I mean, it's really innovative and so what does your current relationship with food look like? Is there a lot of surplus food? Yeah, so it's it's interesting when you start a project um, that's based in surplus food. You, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested in food and done a few of the food things before in my own um, 
professional life uh but working with surplus food takes on a whole new meaning um and you just get uh really savvy in recognizing what's good to eat and what isn't um you're much less precious about it and uh i think for me personally for my cooking you also just have loads of tips and tricks up your sleeve to uh cut down on food waste so it's about saving food in the first place but Mm. it's also about using up those odds and ends that you could bin um but you know that you could uh, turn it into something else if you're uh, a savvy cooker um but also i think good chefs know how to reduce their food waste um so that i think that's really important if you if you take pride in your cooking you should know how to uh, use up bread and turn it into breadcrumbs or you know do a, a a quick pickle for some veg that needs using up and just things things in your locker that you can pull out to, to cut down on waste in your literal locker yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are in a literal locker exactly. <laughs> exactly and so i mean how does this differ from your past relationship with food so i think before it was uh the use by and and uh, best before language was still something that I didn't fully understand. Um, so for Bubble and Squeak, we uh, distribute uh, fresh fruit and vegetables, you know, tinned goods, some dairy, um, some refrigerated items. Uh, we don't do meat. Um, that's kind of from a sustainability point of view. Um, doesn't tie in with our healthy eating sort of messages that we want to promote um but yes so from the the fresh fruit and veg point of view it's um really interesting to learn more about how best before and used by date is a concept that takes a while to get used to um, and that was both for myself and also uh, for the local community as well. He would come down every week to our surplus food store um, and they'd pick up the items and look at it. And it's just having those conversations and explaining, you know, t- those tomatoes uh, might say they're, they're past the best before, but they're still a perfectly legal to still pass on it's and also b you can look at them and decide for yourself are they good to eat um and i think that judgment uh and that sense of intuition is our our skills that we're really lacking um in society and in our communities uh get that that get taken away with you know best before and used by dates um so yeah it's interesting to see my own attitudes grow as well as you know local communities attitudes change just through sheer consistency of having access to healthy surplus food every week definitely and i think that's something that people really sort of get a little bit um stuck on is used by and best before dates and i use a food sharing app called olio and um and they were on an earlier episode actually we talk about used by and best before dates because also on the app they have a forum so people can share tips and tricks and you know just a place to have a conversation and something that I keep seeing coming up on a forum is people sort of saying well how can this be distributed past its best before date because you can share food on Olio just past its best before date because like you said it's perfectly legal and it doesn't relate to food safety um it's relating to food quality but it still seems to be something that people struggle to get their head around 
you know, I think often people sort of equate youth by and best before is the same thing. Yeah, definitely. And I think it shows our removal from, you know, soil to plate. I don't know if that's the saying or land to plate or whatever they call it. Um, the we're, we're totally disjointed from that process of growing our own food, you know, understanding what's in season, when food tastes its best, um, you know, how to preserve food for the next season when it, you can't access anymore, just through the way um, food production's evolved over the past, you know, um, 100 years, which it, it's an amazing asset in terms of access to 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 food in this country but it also lands us in a situation where there's, there's a huge amount of food waste um, and it's going to be an interesting time with the challenges of climate change um, seeing communities kind of been forced to get their head, heads around these concepts again because as we've seen already with you know Brexit and Covid and supply of food can be in really impacted um, and it doesn't take much to tip it over and just something else uh, so yeah well, I think we'll we're going to come full circle but it won't be through community projects like ours you know doing grassroots movements it will be on a mass scale um, of having a lack of supply and people having to get their heads around where their food comes from and how to access it absolutely and I love your saying about from soil to play and <laughs> recently I was in the store with my sister and I think I've spoken about this before but she said to me go and get a watermelon and and ashamedly I can't remember how she told me to work out if it's fresh but she sort of said go yeah. and get a watermelon and do x y z and then pick that one at no point did she say check it's best before date you know it was um <laughs> that was not a question it was like you know go and pick one up and this is what you're looking for and bring it back and yeah definitely well I think that's a lot to say the power of London especially um immigrant communities as mm. well who have um such a great connection to um local markets that have access to food that they like to cook with mm-hmm. um and that provides a kind of great relationship uh with the food that they're eating because they will be looking to see if it's fresh it's for a start rather than checking kind of the best before dates but when you remove that um barrier and you go into a supermarket and you're picking up things in plastic and 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 it's those decisions are being made for you constantly on a mass scale. You you lose that um, intuition you to really make decisions do. for yeah. yourself. Yeah, and, and those decisions are being made for us, but not really for us. They're actually to aid supermarkets. Yes. You know? yeah. so it's to yeah. help them with sort of stock control and sort of protect yeah. them, and rather than it being necessarily for the consumer. So you're so right. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's all about um, you know the the bottom line um i think it removes a lot of skills which tie into kind of the bigger story so part of the surplus food that we have we use for cooking clubs um and we work at the uh, we're alongside the early years team at a local children's center and they do something called kitchen social which is an amazing scheme uh which is run over the holidays and they cook with the surplus food um every week and families can come down and um, make a meal and it's really kind of basic skills that you might take for granted um, but it has a massive impact so 
even just having access to a table you know a lot of london homes um there's over occupancy mm, or there's small space mm, where you, mm. you know you don't have access to a table or you might not have access to all the cooking equipment um or you know ele- funds might be low that week to use gas and electric um that's a barrier to cooking good food uh for the families as well you know sitting down and 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 practicing how to chop, how to hold your knives and forks, it all ties into that bigger story that that what does food mean to you and how do you use it and how to cook fresh and healthy. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I guess have that family time around the table and yeah. an opportunity to share stories and talk and connect. Yeah, it's so it's so you're so right. It's really interesting. Um and I I think the UK has like one of the uh least amount of uh, contact time of families I, I don't know what study it was I can't remember now uh, where families actually sit down together and eat at the table um, we come really low on the list um, whereas I think France was really high um, yeah. I don't know if you read about I that I haven't know yeah. but it's really interesting to hear and I yeah. just as you were talking it had me thinking about sort of like the Mediterranean and people taking long leisurely sort yeah. of lunches and sort of spending hours sitting down and talking to together and you know and that being sort of a real social event yes yeah um whereas sometimes i think especially in london it actually feels like lunch is on the go you know like (laughs) we're sort of sandwiches and we're on the move and you're eating at your desk or you're sort of rushing around and you know and sometimes i guess even with like tv dinners it doesn't feel like something that you're always doing in connection you know it almost becomes something that sort of a bit mindless yeah definitely and it all ties in with kind of longer term uh health implications um you know if you're sat down uh, you're not moving around um you're not eating healthily this this will impact how you feel within yourself um and also like long term down the line uh, for your like life longevity and longer term health conditions so it's amazing how something as small as saving you know some some vegetables from going for landfill i see it as very much as a a bigger picture um that's really worth uh champion championing with this project and with what we're doing um and that's why we have such a a children focus to really get them on board uh to help to sell the produce uh to help run their own projects do stuff that's fun for them have that access to food in a way that's very light touch but enables them to have um confidence and leadership skills uh to work with food uh that benefits themselves and their community yeah and i guess it builds a foundation in which they can take upon into adult life yes yeah definitely um it's and it's all connected it's not just about learning how to cook well it's learning to care for your community and how to um feed yourself and to you know be of your friends and have fun and and engage in the area that you're in um and i think it's great how we can turn the surplus food that we're donated into something super positive um and into an asset for the community um where it would have gone to waste uh if we didn't intercept it yeah so on the subject of waste what do you do well in terms of food waste uh what do we receive what do you do well in terms of food waste, what do you guys do well? Um, so we receive a lot of uh, bread. It's always a winner. Mm. We get a lot of bread. Um, I think like 
percent of bread is all wasted or something well, like yeah, that. Yeah. Um so we get a lot of bread. Uh we get a lot of kind of it, it ebbs and flows with what's um done well or not so well at right. the supermarket. So for example, um those kind of wacky products that you see on the shelves that you're like, oh, I'm not sure if that will sell. We'll... <laughs> we then get that to like, yeah, know, like pineapple popcorn. <laughs> yeah, which can be an interesting one to distribute because everyone's like, oh, I don't know why I want this either. We're like, oh, it's going to go to waste. So yeah, we get that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, we get a lot. Well, you can see today actually, you know, in the in we asked for fresh fruit and vegetables. Um, you think that's really important so yeah we we do get a lot of that um we get tin goods uh yeah it's it's my um colleague oz who's been doing the surplus food deliveries over lockdown and delivering to families um he'll be the one who'll have a a real grasp on (laughs) the exact nitty-gritty over the years of what we receive um but, I mean, yeah. but it sounds like the fact that you guys have been able to operate you know during sort of covid during the however many numbers of lockdown we've had and sort of still being able to deliver food to families i mean that sounds like something that you're doing incredibly well yeah i think it's for us it was really important to keep going and to pivot to what we do from a surplus food store run by the kids which is what we were doing before covid um to a a delivery to households um and we really focused on getting the deliveries done um and not having so much focus on kind of building uh a network of you know people to to deliver the food uh, because we were very concerned about COVID rates and we knew of a couple of local community projects where there'd been outbreaks of COVID and things like that. So we really kept the team to a core group um, of volunteers um, and staff as well who delivered the surplus food to households, which worked um, really well. Uh, and yeah, we just we just keep going and, and, and open up when, when we can for our community events and activities and after school clubs. Um, Do you really think that you want to do more of in terms of food waste? Uh, I think for me it's always about finding um, partnerships to build on to do with surplus food. Um, so it would be great to uh, have a community cooking project happening again. Mm. Um, we were working with Food Cycle and they lost their uh, their cooking space they were cooking in locally. It's all <laughs> <laughs> coughing off, and I thought I put my phone on. Do you silent. know what this is? What this is? Yeah. What? <laughs> so I'm just gonna call it. Uh, see, it says silent anyway. Uh, <laughs> I can't blag it anymore. Um, yeah, so we. I'd love to find some more space to get something like that going again. Um, I think you know with us emerging out of lockdown everyone's kind of finding their feet but there's a real will I've noticed in the community of people wanting to make a change Mm. and almost saying like oh well I think we should do this so it's trying to capture that 
um, feeling that people had to get them engaged in running their own projects and seeing if we can help facilitate that with uh, surplus food and you know the networks we have locally. Absolutely, absolutely. And what changes would you want to see in the world when it comes to food or food waste? Well, that's great. <laughs> 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 for a Monday as well. The big changes with surplus. Well, for us, it's and you. If you've interviewed Olio, they, I think their tagline is that there is like they, or maybe it isn't. Maybe I'm making this up. That you know their problem, their mis- business mission will be fixed when there is no more food waste. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. And it's the same with us in the sense of our surplus food is, is a massive asset for the local community. Uh, but the heart of our of what we do is is reducing food waste and mm. providing a need for mm. that. So it's a, it's a real kind of, it's a real balance. Um, so I think to answer your question is, what changes in the world would we see is just resources mm. put into tackling the root causes of why there is surplus food waste mm. and why it is so connected to you know poor health outcomes mm. um for everyone in our community and i think the two are just so so linked um and it's a real root cause there's a fight going on. It's very busy and <laughs> <What> <laughs> This is what happens when you're live it on is. set, eh? This is <laughs> you're on the ground community working. Um, yeah, it's that it's that thing of of more resources being put into tackling the root causes um of uh you know surplus food, um food waste, uh poor health outcomes uh you know climate change they're all they're all linked but there's not enough focus i think spent on having community hubs that help tackle it there's lots of amazing projects and amazing people doing great work um but i just believe it should it should all come from a food focus uh because i just think it's 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 at the heart of everything if you crack people understanding food um and doing it well uh it it answers a lot of the challenges that are going on in the world right now. Absolutely, and I guess, you know, food is what we all need and it connects us all and all of us have a relationship with food and all of us need access to food and good food. Yeah, definitely. And I'm sure you've seen this, all the, you know, amazing people you've spoken to and um, interviewed that it's at the heart of bringing so many people together um, and that kind of, community spirit that can be tapped into with a food focus is 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 really powerful um yeah that would be my answer is just <laughs> keep on having food it's lo- the heart of things and yeah. it's a lovely answer to finish on it actually makes me think of that um fairy tale you know is it stone in the soup and um, oh yeah yeah when um they're sort of they're making well they're pretending to make a soup aren't they these guys yeah. passing through yeah. the town but essentially it sort of connects the whole the whole of the village together and um yeah so like you said i think there is definitely something about sort of food being at the heart of everything and being able to bring people together yeah definitely um and just really championing uh causes that want to make a change and really want to think uh on a 
kind of broader scale on a micro level. So what we do at Bubble and Squeak, it's it's very grassroots uh, community project, but we really think on a on a on a big level that we truly believe that these children could change the world mm. um, and they believe that and that's what we talk about this is your project this is what you do um, and championing them to make a difference in their own communities is super powerful um, and and surplus food is at the heart of that so what a, what a positive outcome to come from something that that would have just gone in the bin absolutely <laughs> and how can people find you if they want to get involved if they want to join in yeah um so we are on instagram um our tagline is bubble squeak eat uh bubble and squeak was taken i think by a washing company oh, no <laughs> so, way. So, uh, yeah we are bubble and squeak but you can find us across um instagram twitter and facebook as bubble squeak eat and our website is the same so yeah get in touch with you there oh amazing it's been so lovely to have you on ellie thank you for your time great it's been lovely chatting to you <laughs> all right take care amazing bye. bye raiders how amazing is bubble squeak eat i wish i'd been involved in a project like that when i was young learning being involved with food from an early age really creates a foundation for later on Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. If you did, please take a moment to rate, review, share, subscribe. It'll really help get the podcast noticed. Until next week, Raiders, take care. Bye.